Good morning. Welcome to our service of worship on this Remembrance Sunday, almost exactly 101 years after the armistice ending of the First World War. Jesus said, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. We gather today in the presence of Almighty God to bring glory to Jesus, his Son, who, who laid down his life to save us from our sins. We also gather to remember with thanksgiving those who have died in the service of our country, in the cause of peace and freedom and justice. As we join together in this time of worship and remembrance, may we each know God's loving presence here with us, his peace and his comfort. As we begin our time of worship with our first hymn, and if you're able, I'd ask you to please remain standing after the hymn for the act of remembrance. And before, uh, and before the two minute silence, when I say we will remember them, Please respond by repeating those words. We will remember them. So let us worship God as we sing our first hymn, Mission Praise number 498, O God, our help in ages past. Mission Praise 498.
During the First World War, the Canadian Army doctor, Major John McRae, wrote the following words on the battlefield of Flanders. In Flanders' fields are the poppies blow, between the crosses, row on row, that mark our place. And in the sky, the larks, still bravely singing, fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved, and now we lie in Flanders fields. We remember with thanksgiving and sorrow those whose lives in world wars and conflicts past and present have been given and taken away. Especially on this day, we give thanks for the remembrance we are privileged to make of those from this church whose lives were given in time of war and whose names are written here. During the First World War, James Barry, William M. Boyd, Andrew Duncan, Alfred Farish, Charles Ferrier, Thomas Guthrie, John S. M. Guthrie, William Harris, James Hogg, James Johnson, Albert G. Keane, James Millen, John C. Millen, Harold P. Mil Miller, John Miller, J. S. B. McCrone, William McGill, James Rooney, James M. Samuels, Alexander C. Service, A. B. Thompson. During the Second World War, William Connell, John Drummond, Charles S. Duncan, Robert S. Finlay, Robert W. Hall, Robert Hamilton, John A. Ingalls, William J. F. Johnson, Robert Lees, Angus MacLeod, Joseph Miller, Charles T. Moyer, John Graham, James S. Robb, Ian Scott, Walter Simpson, Thomas H. Thompson, Norman J. D. Watson, John Woodman. They shall not grow old as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will remember them. We will remember them.
when you go home, tell them of us and say, for your tomorrow we gave our today. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Please take your seats. Let us, in honesty of heart, seek the Lord's renewing grace to deepen our wisdom and our peace and to equip us as instruments of kindness. Let us pray. Eternal God, you are the shepherd of our souls and the giver of life everlasting. On this day, when we commemorate and commend to you those who lived and died in the service of others, we are glad to remember that your purposes for us are good. For out of your great love, you gave your only Son, Jesus Christ, for the life of the world. And by your Holy Spirit, you lead us into the paths of righteousness and peace. Merciful and faithful God, your purpose is to bring the kingdom of heaven where love and peace and joy reign forever into all the earth through Jesus Christ, whom you have raised to the highest place. With sorrow we confess that in our hearts we have kept alive the passions and pride that lead to hatred and to war. We are not worthy of your love, nor of the sacrifice made by others on our behalf. Lord, in your grace and mercy, pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Help us to forgive one another as you have forgiven us. Heal our divisions, cast out our fears, and renew our faith in you, most gracious Heavenly Father. Strengthen us to live for your purposes, to bring your kingdom of light into all the dark places of this world. By the power of your Holy Spirit in us, and for the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. We're going to sing now our second hymn, Make Me a Channel of Your Peace, Mission Praise number 456.
Today we remember and recognize the sacrifices made by so many men and women in the wars and conflicts over the years to protect others and defend lives. I'd like to share about uh, one person whose story was recently in the news. Um, one of those recognized us last month for sacrifices during the Second World War. And that was the Reverend Dr. Donald Caskey, who during the outbreak of the war was minister of the Scots Kirk in Paris. And after the occupation, um, Dr. Caskey remained uh, and helped thousands of prisoners of war escape during Second World, the Second World War. And he and his French resistance colleagues masterminded the rescue of RAF personnel through a, a sewer system, actually, from a fort in the south of France holding prisoners of war. And last month, a memorial plaque uh, marking his work was unveiled at uh, the fort where the prisoners were released from or, or broken out of at Nice or near Nice um, at a ceremony last month at which uh, two of his nephews uh, attended and were presented with a, a special um, award for him, for his name. Now, Dr. Caskey, whose code name was Monsieur Le Canard, Mr. Duck, um, fled south to Marseille when the Germans invaded Paris. And it was a long and dangerous journey, um, which he apparently made largely on a bicycle. Um, and when he arrived at the coast, he was offered safe passage by the British consulate because he'd arrived just in time for the last ship uh, leaving for Britain. Now, his story is recounted in the book The Tartan Pimper Now, and I can cer certainly recommend that to you. It tells of his decision to stay behind uh, when he could have traveled home. And he says, uh, he's quoted as saying, to my own surprise, I told the consulate officials that I had decided to remain in France. Hours later, the last ship steamed out of the docks and I saw it go. Scotland had been so near and now I was cut off from it, maybe forever. At that time, I was not entirely sure I was doing the right thing, but I had chosen as a Christian minister to choose in duty to his vocation of that. I was certain. And Donald Caskey went on to, to run a seaman's mission in the south of, of France, uh, living under the close, close scrutiny of the Vichy police, uh, helping Allied soldiers to escape to Spain. He was eventually jailed and sentenced to death, but uh, a German pastor intervened and saved his life. But he did suffer terrible treatment at times in the places he was kept in detention and spent the rest of the war in a POW camp. And then after the war, he went back to Paris to serve in the Scots Kirk for a number of years before returning uh, to not too far from here, ministering in Gurk and later in Skelmerley and Weems Bay before his death in 1983. Donald Caskey's sacrifice has been remembered and recognized, and it tells of the courage to stay and sacrifice for others with the possibility that it would cost his life. We think 
of Jesus' sacrifice that he gave himself for us out of love to save us from our sins and give us hope of everlasting life. And in these words that I spoke earlier, Jesus said, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. And there are many other stories. There are many other people who Maybe some have been recognized and many others not. But today we remember them all. So let's give thanks to God and respond to Jesus' loving sacrifice for us as we sing our next hymn. Mission praise number one, a new commandment I give to you. And we're going to sing this through twice. And so we come now to listen to God's word. Our Old Testament reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 91, reading the whole psalm. That's on page 600 of the Bible. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that talks in the dark darkness, 
nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift up you in your hands so you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honour him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Our New Testament reading comes from John chapter 10, reading from verse 11. That's John chapter 10, reading from verse 11, and that can be found in page 1076 of the, the Bible. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and they shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. Amen. Now we continue our worship with him, Mission Praise 122, Eternal Father, Strong to Save.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we thank you that your word is living and active and that you want to speak to us this morning. We thank you that we can come and hear from you by your spirit. And so, Lord, we ask that you would make things clear to us and speak into our hearts your words of life. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 91 is all about finding rest and protection in God's presence. It opens with these words, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And we can read that same verse in the uh, New King James Version, which puts it slightly differently. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And so there's an invitation to come into the shelter or the secret place of God. And when we read the psalm, uh, on in the psalm, we see uh, the invitation applies to a lot of potential hazards we face. And so it's actually quite an inviting offer because the psalmist says that we can find protection and rest with God, even though there are dangers and hazards around us. And these are things that uh, might trip us up, that might uh, try and bring us down. They might be terrors in the night, attacks in the day, disasters and deadly dangers. And it's quite a list that uh, we're given here in the psalm that God will protect us from. And in some ways it might seem an unbelievable offer because we know that in reality, Christians aren't exempt from the things that we, everyone faces that uh, cause hardships and suffering in our world. Whether we are followers of Jesus or not, we can't escape the fact that bad things often happen to good people. So what kind of offer is this? What kind of protection and refuge and rest are we talking about here? Well, it's helpful to note that, first of all, it's not an offer of protection so we can do anything we like. We know from Jesus' um, example that when he was tempted in the, in the desert, in the wilderness by the devil, the devil suggested that Jesus could use, show his power by throwing himself from the top of the temple in Jerusalem. And the devil actually quotes two verses from this psalm as a kind of false guarantee to Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, it says in chapter 4, Then the devil took him, that's Jesus, to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, and here we have verses in 11 and 12 of Psalm 91, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus knew that it wasn't uh, God's way. It wasn't to God's way for him to seek to use his powers in such a way. Even although the Bible was being quoted to say that it was okay. 
And that's a very interesting thing because just because uh, it says something in the Bible, perhaps we can sometimes twist things to suit ourselves. But Jesus knew that even although there was that promise of God's protection, this wasn't the way to do things. And because this promise is here, doesn't mean that when people put themselves in danger by their actions, when people step outside of the place of shelter and protection of God, it doesn't mean that God is, is bound to fulfill this promise because the promise applies when we stay in that place of shelter in his presence. If we decide to step away from God, then there are still consequences to those actions. And neither does the promise um, in Psalm 91 say that we'll avoid suffering altogether. Though God does protect us, and sometimes he protects us miraculously. I'm sure some of you here may recollect in your own lives experiences of being protected in some way that wasn't easy to explain, a near accident or something like that. When I was 11 years old, crossing a busy road in the north of Glasgow, near my home, I was crossing a dual carriageway, and at that time there was, there was no pedestrian crossing, though there is now. And I was crossing over, and I was in the central reservation, and a driver stopped uh, in the lane nearest to wave me across, and I stepped onto the road. I didn't see the car coming in the other lane before it was too late. But I remember in a split second when time seemed to slow that I sensed I was being moved out of the middle of its path. I was hit with a glancing blow to my head and knocked over. The driver didn't stop. I was semi-conscious but taken to hospital for overnight for observation. But I was able to leave the next day with just a black eye and a few bruises on my legs. How do I explain that I didn't have more serious injuries? Well, I believe God sent one of his angels to preserve my life. And the Bible tells of many occasions when God protects his people. But there are also many testimonies, many stories of people finding God intervening miraculously in people's lives. There was a lady who was a, a, Dutch, uh, a Dutch Christian who her family hid Jewish people in, uh, during the war and they were sent to a concentration camp. Her name was Corrie Ten Boom and she'd written, written a couple of books uh, last century. And after the war, she, um, which uh, she tells of experiences she had as so she went to tell people about the love of Jesus, about forgiveness, because she had a very powerful message being in a concentration camp, being able to forgive those who had put her there. But she tells of an event when she was uh, aware of in, in Africa, in the Congo, during a rebellion in the country, when there was a group of rebel soldiers advancing to a, a missionary school where 200 children were, and Corrie wrote that they, they planned to kill both the children and the teachers in the school. And um, so they knew the danger was coming and those in the school prayed because they only had uh, a couple of soldiers for protection and the approaching rebels numbered hundreds. 
But when the rebels came close, suddenly something happened. They turned and they ran away. The same thing happened the next day and the next day, and they stopped coming. But on the third day, one of the rebels got injured and was actually brought into the missionary's hospital. And the doctor attending him asked, why didn't you break into the school? Why didn't you attack us? The soldier replied, we couldn't do it. We saw hundreds of soldiers in white uniforms. We became scared. Corey concluded, they must have been angels. What a wonderful thing that the Lord can open the eyes of the enemy so that they see angels. The promise of God's protection for his people sometimes takes the form of miraculous interventions like this. But as we've considered, it doesn't mean that we'll never suffer. However, what we are promised is that no harm will overtake us completely. We're told in verses 9 and 10, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. While we aren't going to be completely immune from suffering, God promises that nothing need overtake and overwhelm us because in the shelter of his presence, he will be with us to give us his rest and his comfort and his peace. But perhaps we, we wonder, what's this promise? What does it mean? Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Al Almighty. What does it mean to rest in the shadow of the Almighty? Well, in this country, we don't often seek out the shadows. We like to seek out the sun. But uh, in hot countries, uh, when the sun is up in, in the middle of the day, people value the shadows a lot. Shade protects them from too much heat. And in the glare of the sun, people seek out cover and comfort that they get from being in the shade. And it's in this sense that the writer of the Psalms tells us, when we come close to God, he shelters us from the heat of the day. He lifts the pressures from our shoulders. He assures us that we, he will give us what we need. And by dealing with the, the fears and the stresses and the concerns that we have, God gives us instead rest for our souls. And so we can be at peace because we are covered by the shadow of his protection, whatever is going on around us and in our lives. And in John's Gospel in chapter 10, in the words we read, we're told that the place of protection, this shelter, this secret place of God, mentioned in Psalm 91, is none other than in the presence of Jesus, our Good Shepherd. Jesus gives us a picture of protecting us, just as a shepherd, a good shepherd, protects his sheep by bringing them in to the safety of his sheep pen. When Jesus spoke those words, shepherds would actually lie down in the front of the opening to their sheep pen to protect their sheep from wild animals. There wasn't a gate as such. They were the gate. How comforting it is to know that we are watched over by our Lord Jesus. How wonderful that he has already given his life for us so that through faith we may enter into the protective shelter of God's presence. However, to remain in God's rest, whatever is going on around us, we have to remain in that place of shelter. 
And we have a clue as to how to do this in the end of Psalm 91. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. And so we remain in God's protective place of shelter as we remain in his love. And Jesus said we remain in his love by listening to and following his words. Because Jesus, our good shepherd, knows us completely and loves us completely. So it's best if we listen to his voice. Because he will always lead us and direct us to find the best refreshment, to find the best food for our souls, to fill the places which are empty in our lives. And that's why we need to to read and meditate on his word. That's why we come together to hear his word. That's why we pray together and by ourselves because we can call out to him with our needs. We can ask him to help us to listen to what he wants to say to us in our lives. And that's why we need to ask Jesus to come into our lives if we've never done that before. And to keep inviting him to transform our hearts and our thoughts so that we do trust in him more each day and thereby receive his peace that passes understanding. Many people have given their lives so that we can know freedom and protection from our enemies, which we especially remember today. Our Lord Jesus, following his Father's command, came into this world to overcome all the enemies of our souls, sin and death and the devil. And because of his sacrifice on the cross, we may have life forevermore. But there are many who remain, if you like, behind enemy lines. Jesus calls us to go and share the good news that through Jesus, the enemy is defeated. And he calls us to sound the victory call and in his name to break out the prisoners, to set the captives free and to lead them to the shelter and protection of his loving presence. Because it's there that we find rest for our souls and life forevermore. Amen. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for your offer and promise of protection over our lives. We thank you for the many ways that you have protected us and given us so much in our lives. We thank you for those who have given of their lives for us. So help us to respond and to share the good news, to receive the good news. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing now Mission Praise number 604, Soldiers of Christ Arise.
prayers for others, let us pray. Eternal God, our refuge and our fortress, we thank you that you answer us in times of trouble and that you deliver us from all the powers of evil. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has overcome all through his death for our sins and rising to life again in victory. Help us to rest in the shelter of your loving presence where we are kept safe in the protection of your peace by our loving shepherd who has laid down his life for us. We pray for the leaders of nations that you may guide them in the ways of freedom, justice and truth. Give wisdom and strength to our Queen and all who govern our land that they may work for the welfare of the whole people and for your praise and glory. Bless the members of our armed forces, defend them in danger and give them courage to meet all occasions with discipline and loyalty. So they, may they serve the cause of justice and peace to the honor of your name. Grant that peace of your presence may reach all who are troubled in body, mind or spirit and all who have suffered or are still suffering from war, for those who have suffered loss, for those who are in pain, grant them your comfort, your strength and your healing. For all in our world who suffer from poverty, injustice and conflict, we pray that you would bring them hope and that their needs would be supplied. And so we ask that you would bless and strengthen all who work for peace and justice to make this world a better place for all. Bless our young people that they may know peace and in their generation be faithful soldiers and servants of Jesus Christ. Bless also the church that bears your name and renew us by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might shine as people of light, giving hope and bringing peace to a world that needs it so much. And now, in the communion of all your people, we remember those who you have gathered from the storm of war into the peace of your presence. We give you thanks for those whom we have known, whose memory we treasure, May the example of their devotion inspire us that we may be taught to live by those who have learned to die. And at the last grant that we, being faithful till death, may receive with them and all your children the crown of life that never fades in your heavenly kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue our worship now as we bring our offerings to God.
Almighty Father God, we thank you for the great sacrifice of your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life to bring us into your presence through the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of life by your Holy Spirit. Accept these offerings for the work of your eternal kingdom of light, and may our lives be living sacrifices dedicated for your service. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. As we come now towards the end of our time of worship, I'd like to ask you that if you are able to please remain standing after our hymn and benediction for the National Anthem. And so we conclude our time together with the words of Will Your Anchor Hold, number, Mission Praise number 770. Let's worship God.
To God's gracious mercy and protection we commend you. And now, may the grace of God our Father and the love of Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and forever.